So hello everybody and we're happy to see you again on this Tuesday of the second week of Lent. And today is also, I, I got to mention this, even though uh, Lent uh, um, um, supersedes these, these memorials, but here's a memorial of two saints, Perpetua and Felicity. Uh, Perpetua, I, I, I think either she or Felicity, I don't remember right now, were pregnant. They actually gave birth right before uh, uh, they were killed in the Colosseum by being eaten by lions. I mean, these guys were the classic, um, uh, um, when you think of a martyr, archetypically a martyr, that would be these two. They, they actually suffered their martyrdom in the Colosseum, uh, uh, being eaten by lions or whatever animals it did. And I think it was um, uh, Perpetua that gave birth Actually, right before she, right before she died, I can't imagine it somehow. And then Felicity was a catechumen, I believe, in all this. Actually, I imagine being a catechumen and you're about to die in the Colosseum by eaten by lions. So anyway, can't imagine a lot of this stuff. But let's let's pray through their intercession that we have the courage to live our lives, a life of faith. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Lord be with you. So Jesus, uh, conflict with the Pharisees here today. But let's ask him now for his mercy that we might heal the conflicts in our lives. Lord Jesus, you are the way. Lord, have mercy. You're the truth. Christ, have mercy. You're the life. Lord, have mercy. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Let us pray. O oh God, at the urging of whose love the martyrs, saints, perpetual, and felicitate, defied their persecutors and overcame the torment of death. Grant, we pray, by their prayers, that we may ever grow in your love. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. Hear the word of the Lord, princes of Sodom. Listen to the instruction of our God, people of Gomorrah, Wash yourselves clean. Put away your misdeeds from before my eyes. Cease doing evil. Learn to do good. Make justice your aim. Redress the wronged. Hear the orphan's plea. Defend the widow. Come now, let us set things right, says the Lord. Though your sins be like scarlet, they may become white as snow. Though they be crimson red, they may become white as wool. If you are willing and obey, you shall eat the good things of the land. But if you refuse and resist, the sword shall consume you. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. The word of the Lord. Offer to God a sacrifice of Not for your sacrifices do I rebuke you, for your burnt offerings are before me always. I take from your house no bullock, no goats out of your fold.
Why do you recite my statutes and profess my covenant with your mouth, though you hate discipline and cast my words behind you? I be deaf to it? Or do you think that I am like yourself? I will correct you by drawing them up before your eyes. He that offers praise as a sacrifice glorifies me, and to him that goes the right way I will show the salvation of God. reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus spoke to the crowds and to his disciples, saying, The scribes and Pharisees have taken their seat on the chairs of Moses. Therefore, do what observe whatever they tell you to do, but don't follow their example. For, their preaching, but they, for they preach, but they don't practice. They tie up heavy burdens, hard to carry. They lay them on people's shoulders, but they will not lift a finger to move them. All their works are performed to be seen. They widen their phylacteries and lengthen their tassels. They love places of honor at banquets and places of honor in synagogues, greetings in marketplaces, and the salutation rabbi. As for you, do not be called rabbi. You have but one teacher, and you are all brothers. Call no one on earth your father, but have one father in heaven. Do not be called master. You have but one master, the Christ. The greatest among you must be your servant. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled. Whoever humbles himself will be exalted. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. A lot in there. So here we come to the end in Matthew's gospel of this conflict Jesus had with the Jews. Now also, Matthew's community, probably somewhere in the northern part of Galilee, also had its conflict with the Pharisees and the scribes because they were welcoming in these Gentiles. And these Gentiles didn't have to get circumcised, so you can only imagine how much of a struggle that was for many of these Jews, many of these Pharisees, caused all kinds of problems. And so the severity of the language kind of underscores 
how important this was, probably most important for Matthew's parish. They were firm. They were going to welcome these Gentiles in. We were going to make them follow the law. But let's go a little further. Jesus addressing the crowds and disciples about the unfaithfulness of their leaders uh, and and uh, that have been their leaders who have the chair of Moses. And he says, obey them, but don't follow their example. And they have heavy burdens for people to carry, and they don't lift a finger to help them. This is the problem with following the law. It's all this external stuff. And I'm following the law. Why aren't you? And it lends itself almost every time to a kind of judgmentalism, which we get accused of as Christians a lot by people outside the church. So we stop trying to just follow the law and follow Jesus. I think we do much, much better in all this. But the idea of leadership was more about service, and they were seeking to be exalted in all of this. So they saw titles to be exalted, and Jesus was calling them to be humble and to serve other people and lift the burdens every once in a while. But let me talk about an issue that we Catholics have because we get criticized for calling people like me father. And um, let me just say, not the point of the text, not a prohibition against titles, but it's a prohibition against using titles to exalt yourself in many ways. And I do think we do that as well. I have a title, you know, doctors have titles. They'd be careful about that kind of stuff. Now, the early Christians didn't seem to forbid titles at all. Uh, um, the word father, Paul did it a lot. Let me, let me share with you two examples. In 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 15, it says, Even if you should have countless guides to Christ, yet you do not have many fathers, for I became your father in Jesus Christ through the gospel. Hmm. Paul calls himself a father. In Philemon, we don't talk about Philemon very much, do we? But in, chapter, in verse 10 of Philemon, Paul writes, I urge you on behalf of my child Onesimus, whose father I have become in his imprisonment. So Paul himself calls himself a father, and he knew Jesus more than anybody. So there's no prohibition against any of that. And there's also, we talk about the desert fathers. We talk about the church fathers. Well, and like my, 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 my little thing behind me here, did Jesus really mean for kids not to call themselves daddy or father? But the whole point here, he's warning against using titles and the desire for affection because of our titles. Now listen to me carefully. All fatherhood, my fatherhood, the fatherhood of dads, the fatherhood of anybody, the spiritual fathers in any way, should be a reflection of God the Father. Jesus, which I'm supposed to speak in the first person in the sacraments, was came here to be a reflection of the Father. That's why priests are called Father. They're supposed to be a reflection of God the Father. To the degree that I'm not a reflection of God the Father, and gosh, folks, I, I felt this all the time, don't call me father, and, and please pray for me that I never, ever use such titles in any kind of a way. Leadership titles are called a service as Jesus served. Does that make sense? Does that help us with this idea of father? So the church knows all of those um, verses that knows that text. Why would, they, why would they say to call people like me father if, they, if Jesus really meant that? So I think there's a different—I think we're capturing more 
the meaning of the text by the things we're saying here. Here's my, my questions for today. How do you see leadership in the church today? Is it seeming something wants to exalt itself? Is it something it seeks to serve? And how are we all called to serve and not to be served? Thank you very much for joining me. I'm looking forward to seeing you again tomorrow. Goodbye now.